What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bulls, Chicago Bulls Central, the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm a little nervous today. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I got two big guests in the building. Um, you guys will know their faces. We got Matt Peck and Big Dave from Locked On Bulls, man. How you guys doing today? Doing, doing good, great, man. man. Thanks for having us, Hayes. Although, do we, have to, do we have to start a fight right now? The number one spot for all things Bulls? I like to... <laughs> There can be only one, man. <laughs> hey, I had to come up with a catchphrase, man. It's, like, believe me. And it's, no. you know what's funny about this, for real? And I know, Matt, I don't expect you to remember this at all. But back when I've been listening to you guys since you were the debatables. And um, I've been yeah, calling in. Yeah, and so uh, I used to be CJ from the 314. I've, you've literally read like like twenty of my texts. So yeah, that's that's me. I'm CJ from the three one four. Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, oh. man, it's crazy. Dude, it's crazy. Oh. Shout out to that's you, cool. man. OG, listen to this. The debatables, man. Yeah. Wow. Those were those were like an hour and a half long podcast. Bless your heart. Oh man, I saw so you work overnight, and literally, like, I was the only person on like two floors. I had two floors to myself overnight, and uh, I used to just listen to all Bulls podcasts all the time. So yeah, you, you guys have been in my ears for years. So this is this is a wow. huge moment for me, man. I appreciate you guys for for coming on and everything, man. Uh, so I, I prepared an icebreaker question for each of you, and I kind of sure, sure. I kind of detailed it to, to you guys and what I know about you guys. So, Matt, I'm going to come to you first on this. If you had to use any <laughs> any Chicago Bulls player, right, to to put into one word what this Bulls season is, right, a comeback season, a, a reimagining, what, what, who would that be? Who would you compare the style and, like, the energy of this team to a Chicago Bulls player? One player to, like, yeah. represent what this season's energy has been? Absolutely. <sighs> Man. That's tough. Um, I, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Andres Nocioni. Um, <laughs> look, that's a good one. There were there were a lot of dark years between the end of the dynasty and then the Derrick Rose years, mm -hmm. but for a, a little glimmering spot there, those baby bulls teams with Noach and, and a young Lou Wall, you know, a young Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon, that that team that that surprised and shocked everyone by you know uh, supplanting the defending champion Heat in the first round of that one playoff series, uh, Notes just always to me was a guy who was like, man, I didn't think he was this good or this team was this good, yeah, but he's good and they're good. So I, that <laughs> that would probably be my answer because anytime I think about how surprisingly good this Bulls team is, I think back to those baby Bulls teams that not a lot of people thought were going to be good. Obviously now with this Bulls team holding the number one team in the East right now, you know, expectations are flying through the roof for this fan base because that's how we operate. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Noach on that one. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Dave, so we've seen a lot of 90s rappers come back with solid albums between Nas, Busta, Jay mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. So back. what album or what rapper that came back uh, in, in, in recent years from the 90s that dropped an album would you say you would compare this uh, DeMar DeRozan's resurgence to this season? Oh, what rapper's comeback is comparable to what DeMar is doing. Mm, first of all, I'm not going to take it personal that you didn't say ball on bulls is what you were listening to also <laughs> when you were coming up during those time. I'm not going to take that person. It's all right. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, of the ones that you mentioned right there, I would say Busta mm. because the reason was, well, because, you know, you know, extinction level event too which I had as yeah. uh, that best album of that, of that year that, when it came out. 
You had that over King's disease? I did. Okay. I wasn't, I was I was King's disease was in my top 10. Okay. I had King's disease two as number one this year. Okay. King's disease That's two is number one this year. I was completely blown away by that. I didn't expect that album to be like that. But King's disease was okay. I, I thought it was just all right. I thought it was a good stepping stone, but it was a top 10 album. I'm not saying it was trash. It was a got top you. 10 album. I got you. Um, but Busta, it's because nobody was expecting that. Uh, and he had been going for so long, even though he had been so consistent in what he had done. He had been going for a while. And to yeah. come back out of nowhere and to show him like, no, I'm still here and I'm still pretty much at the top of my game. Uh, the beats are just still incredible. My, my bars are still incredible. Uh, and people are going to have to deal with me. And he really uh, made some real noise, you know, with that album yes. coming out there like that. I feel like that with DeMar DeRozan. Like, you know, he's been consistent. You know, he's been good. He went away for a while when he went to San Antonio. Yeah. And he just kind of disappeared. But he was working on his game is what he was doing. And he came back out this year and has been smacking people across the face. And it's been so much fun to watch. So, yeah, I, I'd say that. I'd say Buster. Okay. I'm just glad that the word Drake was not mentioned anywhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, tomorrow, all those years in Toronto. <laughs> God, I was going to no. say, he. he He's just saying that because Drake's the only rapper he could mention out of those. He's the only one he knew. <laughs> but no, I, I like the comparison of DeMar DeRozan to Busta Rhymes for everything that you laid out because I think Busta has been a monster for his whole career and people really yeah. don't appreciate it and realize like Busta's been a lyrical beast for years. Monster. This goes back to, uh, to leaders of the new school. Like, so for sure, Ooh. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Never put out a bad album. <laughs> never, 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 never. All right, uh, let's get into the the topics that I have for you guys today. First question I want to that I want to ask you both. So, Bull season has been great so far. Number one team in the East. Uh, a lot of storylines between uh, Zach keeping his production up from last season, even with better competition. Demar Derozan's resurgence. Io coming in now. Kobe White playing the way that he has. Javante Green starting at the power forward and being able to contribute the way that he has. Uh, Big Dave, I'm going to go to you first since I went to you second on the last one. What's been the most surprising thing or storyline from the, this Bulls team so far this season? Oh, the most surprising thing is for me is how quickly they've gelled. Uh, I think Matt and I talked a lot on the show about how good we thought that they were going to be, how good we thought DeRosa was going to be. Uh, we thought Zach Levine would take that step because of what he did with Team USA. Yeah. Uh, we knew Lonzo was going to be a good fit here. We knew what Vooch already was. We knew Billy Donovan was a good coach. And we knew they were going to put some pieces around them. Uh, but we still had them at like six, five or six, you know what I'm saying? In mm. the East, like, yeah, there'll be five or six. Cause you know, history tells you teams like that are going to need a second to jail, you know, to get things together. Let's see if it can work, you know, and everything like that. But in the meantime, they're going to have a good season and we're going to enjoy it. And then they came out and said, no, everybody's wrong. <laughs> we're better than everybody. And we're going to go ahead and dominate this East. Cause it's been in a really crazy dominating fashion. And that's something I really didn't expect, you know, and just how they just are so selfless. You know, there are no egos. You know, everybody just wants to see everybody do well. You know, you hear that from a lot of people. And sometimes it's just lip service, you know, from a lot of people like, yeah, you know, we want to see everybody do well. But then at the end of the day, when Io is trying to tell DeMar DeRozan, hey, man, chill out. Stop yelling at the ref. Come, <laughs> come walk over here. Yeah. He didn't stop him and say, hey, man, you're a rookie. You don't talk to me like that. He was like, no, you're right. Let's go back over here and win this game. So it's been that for me. It's the fact that it's jailed so quickly. And I mean, from the beginning, you saw it in preseason, yeah. uh, what they were looking like. It was just looking monstrous out there. And it was like, there's no way they could carry this over. And they immediately go in four in a row. It was to start the season, and they haven't looked back since, man. So I would say that, just how it's gelled so quickly. For sure, for sure, for sure. What about you, Matt? 
Well, you know, this is, you know, the millionth example of me and Big Dave sharing one brain because that <laughs> when you asked that question, my thought before he spoke was how quickly they gelled. That was my answer too. Um, you know, it's tough sharing a brain. We live on opposite sides of the city, but somehow we manage. Um, uh, so I, I guess if I had to come up with a second thought there, it would be none other than just how much of a renaissance season DeMar DeRozan is having. And, and maybe renaissance isn't the right word. Uh, you know, you guys were talking about DeMar and, and a comeback kind of year. Look, he had great seasons in San Antonio. It's just that they were a mediocre blah team in a small market. and Nobody was paying attention. But I, me and Big Dave were both a fan of the DeMar signing. A lot of Bulls fans were skeptical. Certainly a lot of people outside of the Chicago NBA market and, and people that work in NBA media panned it, uh, saying it's not going to fit with him and Zach. He's not going to push the needle that much. Zach, uh, Dave, Dave and I were both optimistic. It's DeMar DeRozan. It's a four-time All-Star, a, the guy who knows how to get buckets. And this Bulls team really struggled in half court, especially down the stretch of close games over the last couple of seasons. Credit to Zach Levine for turning himself into the star player that he is. But in all of those close games, the Bulls lost. It was like, okay, so Zach's trying to play one on five. And then nobody else could do anything yeah. other than a couple of nights when he would you know, be able to get the ball to Kobe White. And Kobe White could occasionally have a big night in the fourth quarter. But when you look at what DeMar is doing, not just his numbers across the board this season, but in fourth quarters in particular and in crunch time moments in particular, five minutes or less in a five-point game, DeMar DeRozan's numbers are outrageously efficient. And as good as he is and as much as I was looking forward to his arrival, I did not think he was going to be this good. He is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah, and he... and. It's going to be important to see like how he shows up on national televised games because I think that you know that helps change that that conversation around the team, which does the storylines do help when it comes to postseason awards. But that's going to be key to there as well. But you know to throw mine in there because you guys both took both of mine. I would say I, I was I'm completely surprised Io's this ready this soon. Oof. Like mm. it's just mm. like I I I really I think in my in my preview before the season started, I was like don't expect much from Io, and that's okay. Give him a year, see what we have from him. But he really in preseason showed it, and Billy Donovan trusted his defense early on, and we're just seeing this maturation from him every game, every minute. Like it's it's amazing to see a young player come in and be able to contribute it the way that he has already. Yeah, he's been special. You're right yeah. about that because coming in just as the rookie, and not just a rookie, coming in in that second round. You know, yeah. again, when you look again, this is just like I just talked about. Uh, Tom, the thing like history tells you you're not going to be able to come in and, and do it you know some big things you're going to need some time you might need to go to G League you know you're going to have to develop you're going to hit the rookie wall like you know you're going to do all those things that's what history has always told us it's like this year like they have thrown those things kind of out the window man because Io I mean my god like <laughs> he is just super dependable yeah. and you need him like to be on their best player night after night and he just does it Without Shut no Kate down last night. <laughs> Beautiful to see. Beautiful to see. And, you know, as, as much as like we talk about Io, like uh, somebody who became the scapegoat for this Bulls team early in the season in a lot of different ways. People just thought he wasn't going to fit, wondered where they were going to find minutes for him. And that's Kobe White. Now, because some trade rumors came out, I don't believe anything like that. Uh, but what do you guys think about the way that Kobe has progressed on both sides of the ball this season? And, like, I think for me, like him having. Now a, a team around him that's much better. He's not looked to be the second best player, or the second highest score. Him, the freedom that comes in and just being able to come in and do what you specialize in. You're seeing him blossom in those roles and the improvement on defense. Again, I don't think anybody's going to say Kobe's a lockdown one-on-one defender by any stretch of the imagination. 
but he's he's shown an, an advancement in just his awareness defensively, his off-the-ball defense, and his team defense is such improved this season. I want to ask you guys this question. If Kobe keeps this level of play up, can Kobe be, get in conversation for most improved player of the year award? Woo! Well, I, I don't know about that, but you see Big Dave <laughs> sipping his tea all calm over there. And that's because Big Dave was one of the first people this season talking about Kobe's improvement on the defensive end. And, and I was skeptical at first. I said, I got to see more. I got to see more from Kobe. And then, and then he can continue to show us night in and night out that not only is like that nine game winning streak, a lot of and his teammate, DeMar DeRozan said it himself without Kobe, we don't, we don't win some of these games. Uh, and, and I think he was noting more so what Kobe was giving the bulls on the offensive end when they needed it, hitting timely buckets and, and showing his, his ability to score in all three levels. Like he's shooting the three ball confidently. Now he can attack the rim. He can beat guys off the dribble and he's developed this really fun mid range game with that little like weird mid range floater that he's yeah, knocking down yeah. really consistently. But yeah. big Dave was there saying, look at his defense, look at his defense. And you're right. Hayes, especially his help defense from the weak side. It is so much better. His off ball defense. It is so much better. I don't know about most approved player. We still got a full second half of the season to go. Uh -huh. And I think that there are a lot of candidates for that award this season, but good for Kobe. That's all I'll say. Definitely, definitely. Big Dave. Yeah, um, what Matt said. <laughs> he is correct. Uh, I was watching Kobe White's defense from the moment he came back. It was the thing that jumped out to me more than anything because I didn't have to watch his scoring. You know what I mean? Because he scores. That's what's going to happen. And he, he sh couldn't shoot a ball for six months. So I expected to have some struggles there. I just was watching the rest of his game to see where he had improved at. Because when you watched him last year, when Vooch got here, you saw that, and Mo Cheeks got here, you saw that uh, point guardsmanship kind of improve, mm -hmm. you know, with him. The game started slowing down a little bit more. He wasn't as super chaotic and going one-on-four with people and everything like that. Like, he was actually running the play. So I was watching that. And when I saw the defense start happening, I was like, wait a minute. He's not out of position. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. He went for the steal. That's the right play. Wait a minute. He didn't get stuck on the screen. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Like, he's doing, like, <laughs> average things. But I had never seen him do these things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I was just very proud of him that he took that time, you know, to actually get acclimated and better defensively on the floor. And again, I credit Mo Cheeks with a lot of this and I credit Billy Donovan too, but also Caruso and also uh, Lonzo Ball because defense more than offense to me is contagious because you can actually control that. You know, you control effort. You can't control if the ball goes in or not, but you can control effort. And watching him put in that effort, no matter what he's doing on the offensive end, is what has been the most impressive thing to me. Now, I knew the offense was coming, and you see what it's looked like now that it's come. And he looks so just confident in his shot now. Yeah. Like, it's just so crazy the way it looks. It just looks so confident. And, it's not, and now, like Matt said, he added that floater to it now. Now he reads the defense and makes the play instead of just going, you know, all the way in and getting knocked to the floor because he just... Like, no, Kobe, he's seven feet tall. You can't dunk on him. Ah, forget it. He doesn't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? He, he doesn't do that. He's actually thinking a lot out there, and it's definitely showing. So that's what's been the most impressive thing to me, man, the, just that kind of growth on the defensive end, but now combining it with his offense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive to see, and it's good to see for him. And, the, and his confidence out there now is on a 10. Like, it's, it's, he goes out there, and you can't tell him he's not going to make every shot that he takes. And that, that confidence <laughs> right. is showing, and it's, it's paying dividends for this team. Uh, I've talked about it heavily. Like, the Bulls bench at one point in the season was literally ranked 29th 
And I keep saying there's there's not been a team that's made a significant run without having solid bench scoring. And that mm-hmm. can be a, that can really dictate a series when you look like the way that like players like JJ Barea, even Roddy Brubar, both who were from the Mavs, uh, surprisingly mm-hmm. changed series with what they were able to bring off the bench. Kobe can be very important for this team as we go forward and get into the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they weren't getting much scoring at all from their bench in the yeah. first 15 or 20 games of this season. They were winning games despite that. And gee, Kobe White comes back, and now all of a sudden we get more scoring punch off our bench. Go figure. It's, like, it's not hard to do that math. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So there's this crazy guy on YouTube. His name is Petty Roosevelt, and he had this video roasting this guy <laughs> named Tim Bomb Temps. Um, and Petty there's been a lot of Bulls haters in the next. Looks an awful lot like you, Hayes. Looks an awful lot like you. <laughs> yeah, CG, it's all CGI. It's all CGI. But um, <laughs> what was the di- most difficult part about you guys? Like, if if it was difficult at all, like seeing some of the national media just so sleep on the acquisitions that the Bulls made and doubting them so hard. Because I get it. As fans of this team, it's easy for us to get caught up in thinking that uh, to see the best and what can come from this team. But how hard was it for you seeing like? People like Nick Ferdell, who's covered this team for a long time, really doubting the Bulls and coming out so strongly in in what they had to say against the Chicago Bulls acquisition. Go ahead, Big Dave. Um, dip, I don't. So. Difficult might be a hard, the wrong word for me. Okay. Um, I don't think I was taking it. Diff- I I couldn't understand because because I remember we did the show and I asked Matt and I and I was speaking to everybody who was saying these things. I was like, "What are y'all seeing that we're not seeing?" I really, truly, <laughs> genuinely wanted to know. I wasn't yeah. even asking that to be a joke. I was being very serious because I wanted to know what you're looking at that we just might be missing. You know, I was like, because me and Matt were fans. You know, maybe, you know, you guys just are in the, in there and you see something a little bit more differently. You know what I'm saying? And we see, have you talked to certain people? Maybe you got different connections than Matt and I got. I really, truly wanted to know what they were seeing because everything we saw made 100% basketball sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, get him. He scores. Yeah, get him. He plays defense. Yeah, get him. He can shoot the three ball. Yeah, get him. He's great on the perimeter. Yeah, we need a big man right there. Yeah, that all this makes logical sense to me. Yeah. And they're, they're like, nope, that's dumb. <laughs> you know, go home. <laughs> you're stupid. Get out. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And I, it was just, it got to the point where it got laughable. Me and Matt would come on the show and kind of just laugh at these things. And just like, you know, we like, yeah, we just wanted people to come on and talk to us and tell us what the hell they were looking at because yeah. we didn't see it, you know. And it's good to know that me and Matt, you know, aren't crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we might be a little insane sometimes, but we ain't crazy. You know what I'm saying? For we sure. fool, fool, be, Being a fool, but not a damn fool. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Depends on the context difference. around the word crazy because sometimes... <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, fair. we are. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, similarly, I I wasn't super bugged by it. Mm -hmm. If anything, I was amused by it. But I also understood certain elements of of people who were skeptics. Now, you know, if if Zach Levine doesn't miss a dozen games down the stretch of last season, they're in the play in the playoffs. I mean, like plain and simple. They they had to go on that brutal West Coast trip right after the Vooch trade. They don't have any time to practice. So they're trying to you know, integrate this new big key piece on a very difficult road trip. And then right when he might start to feel like he's building some chemistry with Zach Levine, Zach Levine goes out like season over. But the fact that that team was what a couple games out of that play in scenario and people getting ready for this season, when they add DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo ball, Alex Caruso, and have the incumbent all-star Zach Levine are saying, 
yeah, they'll be fighting for a play-in again. It's like, what? How? <laughs> but the, the part of it that made sense to me was, look at the East. A lot of teams in the East got better or are just as good. Right. And some of that I bought. Yeah. Like, I, I figured that Miami was going to be good. You know, Jimmy Buckets and adding Kyle Lowry to that team. You knew Brooklyn and Milwaukee were going to be near the top. You weren't quite sure about Philly because of Ben Simmons. But those teams that people were like, guarantee better than the Bulls. Boston? What, what's going on with Tatum and Brown? That team's a mess. The Knicks, who surprised people with a, with a four seed last year. People were like, Knicks, definitely better than the Bulls. Even some people having Charlotte, Washington, you know, those kind of teams easily above the Bulls. I was like, guys, the Bulls are going to be in the mix somewhere there. They might not for sure be out of that and above that playing area from seven to 10, but they're not going to be 11th or 12th. Yeah. Like that, that was the stuff that was crazy to me. For sure. For sure. And yeah, I guess difficult was it was, it was frustrating at times. And I think for me, it was just like, come on, man, y'all know better than this, but Hey, I I'm a guy who has a chip on my shoulder. I say it all the time. And I love the way that this team has developed a chip on their shoulder because of the, the doubt that they had facing DeMar DeRozan has proven everyone wrong. Everyone wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, so a, a question that I get a lot on this, and I wanted to present to you guys, is the 2010-11 Chicago Bulls versus this Chicago Bulls team. <laughs> Who wins in the seven-game series? Mm. <laughs> this one. Why? <laughs> Keith Bogans. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you be smirch? The legend. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I'm rolling with Keith. The immortal oh, words of Derrick Rose. I'm rolling with Keith. <laughs> I'm rolling with Keith, baby. That's crazy. Hey, oh, man. I, I think we got asked this question before, and I went with um, the 2010-2011 Bulls strictly because of Derrick Rose. Mm. I was like, at that point in time, Derrick Rose was the best player on the planet Earth. And I'm like, <laughs> like it's, it's it's hard for me to say the dude who has a freaking trophy to tell you he was the best player in the world mm. is not going to be able to, you know, beat a team like that. That's that's really di- during a LeBron prime run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he kind of interrupted all of that. And then knowing just how insane uh, Joe Kim Noah is about winning and knowing how insane Tibbs is at, at that point in time you know, yeah. <laughs> about winning and all of those things. I was factoring all of that. and. I just I had to go with that team and also because I saw that team prove it. You know what I'm saying? I kind of saw that team do it. So I think I got to see this team kind of do it and then I could, you know, probably give a better answer for it. But my short answer is, man, they got Derrick Rose, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like what you want me to do? And Joe. Like Joe Kim Noah. And Joe, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's uh I, I think for me, I picked this year's team only because of the 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 Zach having DeMar, like D-Rose didn't have any secondary score. And then having a defender like Lonzo and Caruso coming mm-hmm. off the bench. I don't know. I, I, it's it's a difficult pick for me because I, I said Joe Kim knows my second favorite bull of all time. And I never want to bet against Joe. But, man, right. I don't know. I don't know. This team is just so versatile offensively. I just don't know how that 2010-11 team really guards having Zach and DeMar out there. If there's one of them. I wouldn't. I would pick them. The I would pick the 2010-11 team easily. But since it's two mm. of them on this team, I'm kind of leaning that way. And I may be just a mm. slave of the moment as well. I, I would. I would mention a couple of things there. Um, in, in my opinion, that this team is actually better. I think as much as Bulls fans fell in love with the bench mob of mm-hmm. that 10-11 team, mm-hmm. I think this Bull this this Bulls team is deeper. 
especially we've yeah. gotten a chance to see with all of the injuries and all the guys out and health and safety protocols. It doesn't matter who's in there. Like Dave and I were singing the praises of Troy Brown Jr. on our episode after the Pistons win. And that's a guy who like wasn't even in Billy's rotation to start the season. It's like there's so much depth. And 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 as Dave said, look, Luol Deng would have a big night if you needed it. Carlos Boozer could occasionally give you those 20 and 10s at the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. But they did not have a one-two punch to go along with Derek that's as good as Zach and DeMar, who are seventh and eighth in the NBA and scoring. Seventh and eighth, people. Hello. <laughs> also, and I, I, you know, I think I mentioned this when Big Dave and I addressed this question from our listeners. And yes, the NBA has changed a lot, even just in the past decade, from 10-11 to now. You can be a great NBA team with a mediocre defense and an excellent offense. Mm-hmm. The reverse, in my opinion, is not true. You cannot be an elite championship level caliber winning team with an elite defense and just an okay offense because mm-hmm. a great offense in the NBA beats a great defense nine times out of 10. So that 10-11 team defensively elite, shout out Tom Thibodeau, but yeah. this Bulls team after that Pistons game just got back into the top 10 in defensive efficiency rating mm-hmm. and are fourth in offense. I- I'm going with the numbers. Yeah, and but I, I'd also say this though, like because you mentioned that guy Carlos Boozer, who's who's guarding Carlos Boozer, like because like you said on those nights he he'll give you twenty and ten, like Carlos Boozer will dominate. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I think Javante frustrates Carlos. I think Javante no. fr- frustrates mm-hmm. Carlos Boozer so mm-hmm. much that he sweats out that fake hair that he had in. That <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what. <laughs> he'll never let it down. He'll never let it down. The fake hair and then what Prince did to his house. He'll never <laughs> let down those two things as long as he lives in his life. But man, but dude, when Carlos Boozer gets that jumper going, yeah, and then Ooh, he's yeah. got that interior also on the inside. I mean, that offensive rebounding he's gonna give, those easy putbacks. Like Oh, this, you mean Carlos's version of rebounding, which was just yelling grab it, Joe, anytime <laughs> yeah. a ball went up in the air? Yeah, and, and and then you look up and he's got 15 rebounds. Like it's, it still work. It still work. You know what I'm saying? It still work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Oh, man. Uh, so we get a lot. It's been commonplace in this season and everything. Like everybody's talking about what moves the Bulls are going to make. I've always said that the Bulls are going to be, I expect them to be more active on the buyer market. But then again, this is AK and Eversley we're talking about. You never know what those crazy people are going to do. Do you see the Bulls making a, a move, a significant move, not just bringing in somebody through buyout, but a significant, significant move at the trade deadline this year? Mm, I think they'll make a move for sure. Okay. I definitely have them making a move. Uh, what move? I don't know as far as will it be a trade or will it be uh, uh, something they'll get in the buyout? Mm. I, don't, I don't know. But I do know one thing. Whatever move they make, I know two things. Whatever move they make is going to be the right one, and I'm going to be with it. <laughs> like whatever move they make, I'm with it. Period. Yeah. They they yeah. give they've shown me nothing to say that I should not have the utmost confidence in what they're doing out there. And when I think of what what this team is missing, and I and I hear Bulls fans always complaining about what they don't have, you know, size. We don't have a big man. You know, we, I'm like they see it. You know, they know they know exactly what this team doesn't have, and they're gonna work on it. and They're gonna repair it because they told you they're trying to win now, and they want to win now. That's why they made the moves they've made. That's why they got the coach they got. That's why they got the players they got. They're trying to win today. So I know it's 
that all-star break and that trade deadlines creeps up, you're going they're going to be looking at those buyouts, you know what I'm saying, for those big mans. And they'll be looking at those trades. So they'll be on the phone, uh, you know, listening to offers and maybe making some themselves. But they definitely move in silence. So I'm going to keep chilling, you know, and just enjoying what they're doing and just be with whatever they want to do. And enjoying the meal, as I keep saying. Enjoying the meal that they're cooking. Okay. I'm going to just keep enjoying it. All right, Matt. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Hayes, in that if they make a move, I am right now leaning towards a buyout market move being more likely than like some big trade. I know Bulls fans are obsessed about talking about Jeremy Grant and or Harrison Barnes right now. I honestly don't think either of those moves is going to happen because I think it's going to take Patrick Williams and or Colby White to get either of those guys. And I, I just don't see AK and Eversley doing that. I think they have seen how important Kobe White has become to this team since coming mm-hmm. back and finally finding his rhythm and, and giving the Bulls a lot of things that they needed. And Patrick Williams, yes. I think some Bulls fans were underwhelmed by his rookie year, despite the fact that he started 71 of 72, second team all rookie, guarded our opponent's best offensive player every freaking night. Yeah. And then, like, blame him for getting hurt four games into the season. Like, the the P-Dub hate that's going around Bulls Twitter, I I do not understand. I don't get it. Also, let's remember, he's 20 years old. 20 years old. And look, I think that AK and Eversley are taking a tiered approach to building this team when it comes to the timeline of present, future, and longer future. Vooch and DeMar are here for the now to help Zach Mm -hmm. Levine be good and competitive now, Kobe, P- P-Dub, and Io, you keep that trio together, 21, 22, 20 years old, that's a pretty awesome trio to think about mm. five or six years from now. Yeah. Mm. And if you can be the number one seed in the East without having to make some move where you sacrifice either or both of those guys, why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense to me. That's a great point. I, I agree with you. Like, I, and I think people are, uh, I've always said that as Bulls fans, we have a version of PTSD, right? We don't want to hear about potential anymore because Garpacks tried to sell us on potential and they drafted with no purpose and they didn't have a coach that was there to develop players. So like when people hear now potential or they have that wait and see approach, fans are like, no, let's fight against that. We don't want that again. But this is different. This is a different front office. This is a different team. We are contending now with the ability to still develop players so that we can contend later down the stretch because DeMar's contract is three years. Vooch has one year left. He'll probably re-sign on a shorter deal. But with that being said, the Bulls are in a perfect position to be able to contend now. Why developing players who are going to contribute to us contending later on when Zach Levine is older as well and on, on the backside of, backside of that deal? So I think it's short-sighted with some fans. And I think, like I said, it's that, it's that PTSD that we have from the last decade we've been dealing with as Bulls fans to a degree. Well, yes and no, because Bulls fans are also just want everything now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They want it all now and they want it today. And that Most always is spirit animal is Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to put a golden goose. <sighs> right. It's so wild because that, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just not watch what we watched for the last four years? Like, and now all of a sudden with y'all like, nope, get him out. He's not ready to win a title. I'm like what? <laughs> Nobody was ready to win. What are you talking about? I I equated to like you've been starving for four years, Bulls have been star- and then they somebody puts a steak in front of them and they're like, Well, is it grass fed? You know? I'm like, what are you talking about? They were like, eat the steak. You starving out here. You yeah. starving. You know what I mean? Like with they providing an incredible meal for us right here. 
and we're very nitpicky. They'll get very nitpicky with. You saw them do it with Vooch when Vooch went through his slump. Everybody, and all, everything we came on was like, trade Vooch, get him out. He's got to go. Trade Vooch, you guys have it. Then Kobe White comes in. Oh, Kobe, no, he ain't got it either. Patrick Williams gets hurt. Oh, get him out of here. He ain't got it either. It's nobody, nobody has the patience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To just let this team develop and trust in what this front office is doing, man. Even though they've shown you amazing things that they're doing and they, they want to do. Just got to trust them, man. And we, you got to relax and know where you came from. <laughs> know where you came from and how we got here, man. It just enjoy this season, man. Enjoy it. Bulls fans got to slow down. Just, just like you said, just enjoy it. I, I see somebody in your comments is shy saying, oh, Jeremy Grant's better than P. Will. Yeah, right now? Duh. Yeah. See what I mean? One of them's <laughs> in his prime and, you know, one of them's 20 years old and hurt. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Like, and the thing is, too, is that people over, like, I can't, I'm in a bunch of Bulls Facebook groups. I was in it before I ever started the podcast and it's like, People are like, oh, Jerry McGrand is a lockdown defender. I'm like, where? Like, he's, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's cool, but he's not a lockdown. Def- Come on, man. Y'all, y'all will right. convince yourselves of anything if it fits what you guys want to see. Like, P. Will's going to be on this team for a long time coming. And people just long need to just need to realize time. that. He's going to be on this team for a long time. And I'm thankful for Patrick Williams. Like, that's yes. <laughs> that's all I got to say with that one. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into this this last topic for today. The Bulls. Uh, on national TV, on ESPN, against the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Uh, I don't know if it's been if they've upgraded Kyrie and uh, and Harden yet, but I expect them to fully play. How excited are you guys for this for our team, uh, for the measuring stick, and also for the stage of being on national media, national TV? I mean, how how can you not be hyped, man? The Bulls are the number one seed in the East, and the number two seed right now, the big three that everybody's obsessed with, yeah. is coming into our house. And oh, by the way, the Bulls have already beaten the Nets twice this season. And I think not a lot of people would have expected that, whether they be Bulls fans or otherwise. I mean, this Bulls team had, what, five nationally televised games over the past three seasons combined. And for good reason. They were a crap team. Absolute crap team. Even though they're a big market team, you know, if if anybody gets nationally televised games, despite being a crap team, it's it's the Knicks because they're Mm -hmm. the Knicks. But look, Absolutely, this is something that Bulls fans were used to for a long time during the dynasty days and then again during the D. Rose years. This is a team that should be on national television more often than they aren't. Mm-hmm. And now you're even seeing them getting flexed into primetime games. You know, we got the Warriors in primetime again the back end of this week on Friday. It's it's amazing. It's like it reminds me of years, years, years past in my Bulls life, my Bulls fandom life where you get amped up for a game. And I know Bulls fans are like, oh my God, 9 p.m. tip-off tonight? Like, I'm going to be so tired by halftime. <laughs> Dude, it's Bulls Nets. We're the, they're, we're the one seed. They're the two seed. Yeah. Like, mm. make a cup of coffee after dinner if you need to, but let's freaking go! <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Peck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, what, I I will echo that. I'm very excited to watch this. Um, and I like the, I like the 9 p.m. time slot because for me that time slot right here is all eyes are on you. Because usually that time slot is reserved for that West Coast team, like the Lakers, like the Suns, you know, like the Warriors. Those teams that everybody's watching. The early game is usually the the appetizer, you know, for guys. They put them in the prime spot. Like 9 p.m. is like that's prime time television appointment viewing for people to be watching and. You guys are gonna I can't I can't wait to see this. Like it's because it's it's so many storylines, you know? 
Like, especially for the Bulls, like you said, this is a big, our first, like, big nationally tele- televised game uh, this season. You're playing against the Brooklyn Nets, the second team in the East. Uh, Kyrie Irving might be out there playing in, you know, in his third game. What that's going to, you know, what is that going to look like? LaMarcus Aldridge isn't going to be out there. So the Bulls, you know, won't have to worry about him. But at the same time, Devontae Green's not there. Alex Caruso isn't there. So you got to see what guys are going to step up uh, for the Bulls and do that thing. Uh, all eyes on DeMar DeRozan because he's getting that MVP talk. So now you're on national uh, television and guys will be talking you up more, talking more love for Zach Levine. Like, I haven't seen this in a, quite a long time. And it feels good that you're getting all of this right now. And I'm going to get it on basically two straight games. You know, I'm getting here and then I get to see it again against the Warriors. And with Klay Thompson uh, being back. So I'm excited, man, because this used to be par for the course back in the day. You know, us being on national television, it's just what it was. And now the fact that they like, oh, crap, we made a mistake. We were going to have the guys in, you know, and put them in yeah. here. Uh, oh, we didn't see this coming. Oh, man, we, we messed up. So it's just good to watch them scramble, you know, and get this together for us, man. And Bulls fans should be excited. We, we waited a long time to be in this position, man. And. Here we are. It's it's a good time to be a Bulls fan. We got we got Brooklyn and we got Golden State uh, coming up as well on national TV. Then Memphis is following that, and that's nationally televised as well. Yeah, all those games the are big games. That Memphis game isn't in Chicago though, because that's TNT, oh. and the TNT Bulls have been dormant for four <laughs> freaking years. We True. gotta get the TNT Bulls back, baby. Yeah, yeah I think after, I think after this season, the Bulls are gonna have a lot of nationally televised games next season. Oh, the NBA is not no gonna way. make this mistake twice. It's not gonna make Christmas this Day next season. Yes. it's happening. Gotta have it. It's happening. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um. And that's really it. All, all I have for you guys today, man. I appreciate you guys for showing up, man. I appreciate you for taking some time out for a little YouTuber like me, man. I appreciate you guys. Oh, hey, man. man. Bulls content fam. Hey, uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we should uh, we should make this a regular occurrence. Hey, I'm yeah, down. Absolutely. I'm down for sure, for sure. I know that most people uh, who are subscribed to me probably already follow you guys. We'll go ahead and give them your social media, man, and everything. Let them know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Bow Sports on Twitter, B-A-W-L Sports. You have to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. Also on Instagram under the same name. Um and yes, that's that's where I'm at. And I apologize for my camera right now. I'm oh, sorry, man. I'll get listen, it together next listen. time. It is I got y'all coming. I, I got you. I got y'all. <laughs> uh you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore peck. We are at locked on bulls. And uh we, like Hayes, are now part of the YouTube channel, Bulls Content Fam. Uh so subscribe to us on on YouTube, locked on bulls. We do episodes every day, Monday through Friday, every week, every month, 365. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it daily. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't, especially in the off season. I, I tell you, it's a hell of a lot easier now than it was over the last few years. Well, the Bulls lost by thirty again last night. Let's break this down. Right, Hayes. If you ask me, this has been super easy. I don't know what he's talking. About. <laughs> this has been awesome. What? I can do this all the time. What does he mean? I don't know what he's talking about. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, oh man man you guys know where you can follow me at you can follow us at bull central pod on every social media platform you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns that's bullcentralpod at gmail.com thank you guys for big dave matt peck we out peace this has been a presentation of the break break media, media.